0: Well, you're in for a treat today. And uh, this man is someone I've looked up to for years. As a young man, someone I've wanted to always emulate, be like, and I've had the joy of being able to have a friendship. And Pastor Jamie Malcolm is an incredible communicator. We are blessed to have him. He's a blessing to our church, to many churches in our nation. So I'd love you to lean in, take notes, and uh, let's really get the most out of the Word today, amen. Why don't you put your hands together. Please welcome Pastor Jamie Malcolm. Thanks brother. Thanks man. Hey everybody. Hey, good morning, good morning. Um, hand for the band. Have a seat. Yeah, everybody here. Hey, hey, should we just keep the bass? I'm joking, i just <laughs> The whole way through, just that will be kind of random. Let's pray as we're sitting down. So good to see you. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks that you're amazing. Thanks for your peace that passes all understanding. Oh my gosh, what a crazy bit of scripture. The peace of God passes all understanding, which means you don't have to understand it to have it. Huh? I don't understand why I'm peaceful. God's saying you won't, you'll never get your head around it. Just have it. If you're here this morning, you've been anxious for a couple of years. My peace passes all understanding for you this morning. Right here, right now, this is for you. For those of you that are here, that you are anxious, this peace is for you, says the Lord this morning. My peace is for you. I paid the price. You can't push it away. You can't stop it. This peace is going to pour into your heart this morning, right here, right now, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for having me, Pastor Alex and Jessen. Gosh, you guys got the best. These guys are amazing, aren't they? Apart from being an an Arsenal supporter, you're just perfect. (laughs) Apart from that. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for having me. I love coming to this church and I've been coming here for for many, many years. Uh, Some of you might be newer and and might not have heard me speak here before. I always used to always put my hand up to ask if I could come and preach whenever you were doing like Christmas things and Easter things when there was food because the food here is Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, right? And there's so many amazing cultures here. And when you get together and everyone brings their own cultural food, it's like, do you, do you want to preach? I want to come preach? Just, or, or do anything? Just Can I just come? So um, yeah, there's no food today, which is a disappointment, but thank you so much. I'm actually from New Zealand, any Kiwis? Few, few, oh, one. Oh my gosh, there used to be so many more Kiwis here. Do they leave when you guys? Like, they'll see you followers later. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Gone. We're going back to New Zealand uh, next week, Maverick. Uh, my son Maverick is here, <laughs> fighter pilot. The new movie's coming out soon. He's thoroughly embarrassed. The Maverick Top Gun movie's going on. Oh, it's going to be so embarrassing. It's like, man, I would wear a flight suit to work if that was me, 13. You know what I mean? Wear a fighter pilot suit to work. Okay, here's a message this morning. This message is called, Jesus doesn't love you, He loves you. <laughs> I told my wife that and she said, well, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, well, thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> oh, you love your wives, don't you? Jesus doesn't love you. He loves you. Uh, when I was growing up in New Zealand, my, wa- uh, my mother actually, uh, she, she was the first one in her family to get saved and she decided it would be the best to have a Jesus sticker on our kitchen window. It was a red flower and it had Jesus loves you in the middle of it. And it was on our kitchen window. And I was always like, When I was young, I was like, cool. When I got to like man's age, I was like, not cool, mum. Really, I've got mates coming around and I just push a pot plant in front of it, you know. Here you go, here you go. You just cover up that. And I've always, I've never been that guy. I've never been the Jesus loves you guy. Whenever someone says, Jesus loves you, I'm like, okay. It's just kind of awkward thing to say. And I've always kind of struggled with it until now. And this is the message because Jesus doesn't love you He loves you. This first scripture is Romans 8.38. It says this. This is Paul. Crazy. A guy who used to kill Christians and abuse the church ends up writing two thirds of the New Testament. Someone say grace. Grace. Ah, Crazy, right? I'll choose you, the rat bag. You write it for me because you'll understand what grace is. Gosh, crazy. And anyway, he says this. He's writing this church in Rome and he says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Let's put us into Paul's head just for a second here. He says, I'm convinced... That nothing can separate us from God's love. It's almost like he said, I've been around praying for people who are absolute rat bags that don't deserve to have the love of God flowing in their life, yet they're getting healed. I've seen, I've seen people that have turned their back on God, walked out of church, been out of church for 25 years, walk back in, the power of God hits them. He goes, it doesn't make sense. He's saying, you know, after I've seen all this, this non-stop flowing of the grace and the love of God, I've seen it so much that I'm now absolutely convinced that nothing, that there's absolutely nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of God. Yeah, but I do some weird stuff. Nothing. It's it's crazy. Nothing. Nothing at all. So for those of you here this morning that walked in, thought, oh, the place is going to fall down. Nothing. Nothing. He's seen it all. God's not shocked by anything you ever do. He knew what He was getting when He got you. And He still got you. It's crazy, right? He says, nothing, this is this is even better. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I love getting a wee Bible study sometimes. And that original Greek word for, for the word separate actually means to depart. It means to leave. It it literally means like a husband leaving a wife or a wife leaving a husband. And so he's saying this, I'm convinced that you can never leave the love of God. You can never walk out on me. And people say, I walked out on God. I left church. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I left church 20 years ago. You didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I walked out on God. I took my back on God. I was disappointed I walked out. I walked out on the love of God. Paul's like, I'm sorry you didn't. This love is unstoppable. Wherever you go, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you say about God, what you think about God, the way you've been treating God, the things that you've done that you never thought you'd do, that love is still flowing, flowing, flowing. Paul says, I'm convinced it's unstoppable. You are as close as when you used to stand worshiping God full of the Holy Ghost As you are a million miles away doing things you never thought you'd do, that love of God is still that close to you. It's no different. He doesn't move. So that's the Scripture for today. I've had situations where I've been um, praying and and maybe I hadn't prayed for a while. You might have had it. You go, you haven't prayed for like a year and all of a sudden you pray and the power of God shows up and you go, no, you can't just show up, God, up and bad. Like I've been doing some random stuff. I'll even have it. Can I be honest? Brett Linder's here, it's one of my favourite people. Scotty, hey guys. You know what it's like, you get asked to preach somewhere and you've had a bad week. Like you've been driving and you've been yelling at traffic, bad. Just honestly, to help me, thank you Mick, thank you. Rhonda was like, it's just me, she bought it at Mick. It's Mick, you know. My wife actually says she doesn't like to talk to me in the car because she doesn't like to interrupt me while I'm talking at all the other cars. (laughs) Mate, just move in, just move in. It's a merge, mate. Like a zipper. And uh, in New Zealand, they actually put up signs like a zipper, with a picture of a zip, merge like a zipper. And um, yeah, they've been built in a hospital near where we live for 45 years now. So it's sort of like I get angry, you know, in French as far as it's crazy. And then I'm like, you show up, and the presence of God shows up. And I, it's taken me a while to get this revelation that maybe God loves me. Here it is, different than the way. I love him. Happened to Peter as well. And this guy, Peter, uh, uh, Jesus said, can I borrow your boat? And Peter said, all right. Jesus preaches in the boat. And then Jesus says to Peter, why don't you take the boat out into the, into the middle of the lake and throw the nets down? And Peter says, I haven't caught anything. I've been trying all day. I got nothing. But because you say so, let's go do it. Pete goes out, throws the nets over the boat. All of a sudden, plow, truckloads of fish. And Peter's like, not bad, you know, and he's like <laughs> two seconds in and he's throwing all these fish. I did that for my son Maverick. It's a, it's a YouTube thing, don't worry. Um, and he's pulling all these fish into the boat. And, and do you know what Peter does? It's an incredible miracle. Peter says to Jesus, go away. <laughs> he says to Jesus, Boom, amazing breakthrough. God shows up in his life. Go, 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 go away. Go away, don't. And he starts, to, I'm sinful. I'm di- go away. I, I never put the trolley back when I, when I go and take the trolley to the car. I never put it back. Go away. Sometimes when my kids are out, I sneak into their room and eat their lollies. Go away. Go away, Lord. I sometimes take their money as well. Go. You know, he's, he's got all this stuff coming out of his life. It's like God's showing up when he shouldn't have shown up. And Pete can't handle it. Is too much? Do you know what the Bible even suggests here? That this is not the first time that Peter's met Jesus. The Bible actually says that Jesus has been to Peter's house because he healed his mother-in-law. Some people believe, of course, that's why Peter denied Jesus three times because he healed his mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, you've healed her, and we thought she was going to pass away. What a blessing! What a what a treat! What a great God you are. Didn't need that inheritance anyway. That's great news for everyone. And um, so, <laughs> so he could handle the miracles. He could handle maybe even serving Jesus because he him his boat. He could handle going to church and connect group. But when God just showed up in his life and showed Peter another side of God that, hey, this is real love. Oh my gosh. This is not a metaphoric love. This is an addiction-breaking love. This is a... A finance-fixing love. This is a persistence, picking you up on the underside and lifting you through a tough time you never thought you would get through sort of love. This is a healing love. This is a cancer-melting love. That's what this love is. And you can't stop it, Pete. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. And he's like, go away. And he goes, I can't. I'm still coming. Go away, Jesus. I can't. Here's more fish. I can't. So Peter got the revelation, hopefully, with this situation. That God loves us different than we love Him. I was in the bathroom at work. I'll just share this with you. I probably didn't need to share that. <laughs> Powdering my nose, Mick. You know how we do. And, uh, and I was going over this message. And I was going, God, how does, what's it like though? You know, because your love is different than my love for you. You're different. And I felt God say to me, they showed me a picture. Boom. Of a little boat on a river. And He said, I'm like a river. He said, Very good. he said, I'm like a river. And I saw this little picture of a, of a person on a boat, and I knew it was me, in a little canoe on this river. And I felt like it was, Jamie, just tip in. Just tip over. Just fall in. Just fall into it. Just fall into this river. I'm this river. I'm not going to stop flowing. I'm continuous. This is my love for you, Jamie. And it's like you're trying to love me. You're trying to love me, Jamie. Just, can you just fall into it? Because my love for you is different than your love for me. I did a Bible study on it for you. I found out in the Bible that, this is crazy. I'm not the love guy. Don't get me wrong. My wife's given me the five love languages book maybe eight times. And it always just goes, oh, mate, that looks good. (laughs) Oh, don't you dare tell her. I'm just not that guy. But I did a little study because I thought, isn't it weird how Pete's freaking out here? It's too much love for him, And uh, there's two types of love in the Bible. One's called filio love. Two translations, filio, which means brotherly love. I would filio you, Mick, doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> Give us a hug. Um, I filio, it's brotherly love, right? Filio, thanks, thanks, Alex. <laughs> Everyone's got a picture in their head now. <laughs> Um, and there's another love which is called agape love. So was is brotherly love. I love you, man. And agape love is unconditional love that transcends and persists regardless of any circumstance. My gosh. It is unstoppable flowing love. Can't get over it. Can't get under it can't get around it. It's unbloomin' stoppable. I am convinced that you cannot get away from this love. You cannot get away. I've been thinking weird thoughts. You can't get away from it. I've been doing weird stuff. You can't get away from it. It's unstoppable. It's used in John 3.16 because God so loved the Word. That word loved is agape. God so unconditionally loved the world that He sent Jesus so there's filio and there's agape. And I get this feeling because of what Scripture says that after the fish thing, Pete sort of fancied himself as, as a bit of Mr. Agape, Mr. Unconditional Love. Every time he saw Jesus, Jesus, remember that fish? I love you, Jesus. You're amazing, Jesus. You know, you're incredible. I'd never leave you. I'd never leave you. I'll always show up in church, Jesus, because I'm the on fire guy. Sorry. I'm the on fire guy. <laughs> I am I love you, Jesus. And I tell you what, even more, I unconditionally love you, Jesus. I agape you, Jesus. You mentioned Jesus going, I agape you. Telling everyone, I'm on fire. I'm on fire for you, God. I'm so on fire for God. <laughs> I remember doing Bible college and meeting somebody else on fire. And I was saying, I'm not. I don't know what's wrong with me. I know. I'm so on fire. This is what he's saying. he turned into Mr. Agape. And Jesus did something in Peter's life, and he addressed something, and it was something really interesting. And I don't think he, he was addressing the fact that Pete maybe had a little bit of an unbalanced opinion of his love for God. But he saw something in Pete that he had to address, and I'll read your scripture in a second. And I think sometimes we have it too, and I know sometimes it comes up in me. And it wasn't his unbalanced, Peter's unbalanced opinion of his love for God. It was something in Pete that Jesus saw that maybe Pete felt that if he left God, then God would leave him. That if he stopped believing in God, then God would stop believing in him. That if he stopped loving God, then God would stop loving him. It's explained really, really good in Matt 26. It says this. Jesus is hanging out with the disciples and He says, guys, I'm about to be taken away. I'm going to be crucified. And this night, you're going to all fall away. How's that? You're going you're to walk out of church. All of you are going to walk out because you're not going to be able to handle this situation you're about to go through. And Peter replied to Him, Mr Agape, though they all fall away because of you, these people at church, and they doubt you and disown you. I will never fall away. So he's saying, my love for you, God, is unconditional. It's unconditional. Another gospel says, I'd go to prison, I'd die for you. And this next bit of scripture, I used to read it and think Jesus was mean. I you, how can you say this? It says mean, Jesus, you know, the rooster crowing. But that's so mean. That's not like God. And I, just through studying this, I've, I've seen it a different way. That just blows my mind. And I see total grace on this. Pete's saying that they all fall away. I will never fall away. I'll never doubt you. I'll never disown you. And Jesus says to him, he says this, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, this night before the rooster crows, you'll completely deny me three times. Or as the Amplified says, you will deny me over and over again. And for the first time ever, I read the scripture and it's almost like I heard Jesus say afterwards, and that's okay. You're going to deny me over and over again. You're going to walk out of church. People are going to bump into you and say, you're a Christian. You go, I don't think I am. I don't know if I ever, walk. I don't know where I am with God. And Jesus is saying to them, you're going to go through that stuff. You're going to say things you never thought you'd say. You're going to do things that you maybe never thought you'd do. You're going to think away you never thought you'd think. And that's okay. Because this relationship, Pete, is not based on your love for me. Oh, gosh, it's based on my love for you. Uh, that's it. It's crazy, right? Peter clear, uh, Jesus clears it all up for Peter. This is a bit of time later, not too much time. And Jesus has been crucified, raised from the dead. Disciples don't know this yet. And they've gone fishing. Pete's walked away. And, uh, and Jesus shows up. And He goes, hey, let's get some breakfast. They <laughs> love that. I always say, God does this thing with me. It's called, as I was saying. You know, you have a time where you won't pray for a while and you've had a bit of a bad week and all that sort of thing. You get into prayer with God and you go, and God will just go, anyway, as I was saying, I'll just, and it's like, haven't you seen me be a rat back? It's like, your love for me, God, really is very different than my love for You, Lord. Mine is hot and cold. It's in and out. It's, it's Katy Perry. It's up and down. It's all over the place. And Yours, Lord, is this flowing river of unstoppable grace that never, ever, ever, ever ends. It just never ends, Lord. And once we get our head around us, Your world and your walk with God will change. He's not relying on your love for Him to make this work. He's relying on you understanding that He loves you. It's His love. It's His boner. Just tip out of your boat. Just fall in the water. But aren't we supposed to love God? Do you know how you love God? Tip into the water. Just flip out of your boat. I'm trying to love you, Lord. Stop blooming trying. Just fall into His love. Ah, for 30 seconds at the end of the service today, we're going to stand and we're going to lift our hands and I want you for the first time in your life not to feel pressure. I love you, I love you, I love you so much. Just to go, man, I can't believe how much you love me. Are you crazy? That is what God wants from us so much. You wait and you see things melt off your life. You're finally letting grace flow into your world. Finally, stop trying to be so strong. Stop trying to be so perfect. Let him love you. Just fall in. Just fall into the water. It's happened with Peter. So Jesus shows up. Says, "Hey, let's go get breakfast." Peter sees Jesus comes running, sort of in the water, splashing over something. He gets over to Jesus. They have uh, some fish for breakfast, which is, oh, you can if you want to. I guess it's not really my type of breakfast. And uh, Jesus. Says to Peter these two things. He says, Peter, do you love me? This is my favorite part of the whole thing. He says, Jesus, do you love me? And Peter says, I love you. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, I love you. And then he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, I love you. And I was looking at this and I looked at all these different studies on it and, and uh, there there's all these theologians and historians that could never understand. Why there were two different translations of the word love in this passage here. Because they're both talking about love, aren't they? Or surely they're talking about two different things. This is crazy. They couldn't, then they see why would you use two different translations of the word love? I figured it out for them, so I'll put it it on Wikipedia for them. (laughs) Jesus says to Peter this, he says, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? Peter going through all he's been through, denied him, walked away. And he said, I owe you. I love you like a brother. And Jesus says, do you love me unconditionally? Do you agape me? Peter goes, I owe you. I love you like a brother. Then Jesus says again, do you, feel you owe me? Do you love me like a brother? And Peter goes, I owe you. I love you like a brother. It's like Jesus saying, so do you love me unconditionally? No, you flipping don't. <laughs> do you love me unconditionally? No, you bloom and don't. Do you love me like a brother? Yes, you do, Peter. And that's okay. Because this relationship is not based on your love for me. It's based on my love for you. And always will be. No matter where you go or what you do or what you say or how bad you mess up, it is always based on my love for you, Peter. Do you know why, um, there's a... (laughs) How's that? I was listening to a Joseph Prince thing the other day and I heard just one thing he said. He said, don't sing of your love for him. Sing of your, his love for you. I was like, God. And I couldn't get that song out of my head. I could sing of, I can't get the note. I could sing of your love forever. You know, that song I started too high. Uh, I could, I. Um, <laughs> and I just started singing it and I couldn't stop singing this. I could sing of your love forever. I was like, my world is changing. There's always a guy in the Bible I didn't like. The guy was John. And... Uh, I'll finish on this. He was one of the, one of the disciples. <laughs> Honestly, I'll tell you why. He always bothered me. He always bothered me. Because um, he always thought he was Jesus' favourite. Mm. I hate the people that think they're the favourite. I mean, Mav's obviously my No, he's not. We love them individually. Is that it? Yeah, anyway. And um, and because in the book of John, John never calls himself John. He calls him, do you know what he calls himself? The disciple, the beloved, or the disciple that Jesus loved. The disciple that Jesus loved. And the disciple that Jesus loved handed Jesus a coffee. And the disciple that Jesus loved got the donkey. And the disciple that Jesus, you know, it's like, oh, what are you, mate? And he doesn't do one or two times. He does his, I did it, studied it for you. He does it in John 13, 23, John 19, 26, John 20, verse 2, John 21, verse 7, John 21, verse 20, and many other times. I got sick of it in the end of the day. You just did so and so, mate. And I was reading this, and I thought, no. After I'd just done this, you know, on the two different loves, I thought, you didn't get it before I got it, did you, John? <laughs> you didn't get it 2,000 years ago before I got it, did you? And I just, I got in my Strong's Concordance, and I was just peeking every single time when he talked about the disciple who Jesus loved, the disciple who Jesus agape the disciple who Jesus loved unconditionally, unconditionally. And then I found out that John was the youngest out of all the disciples and maybe he never felt qualified like the other guys, never felt like he knew as much as the other guys. Maybe he, he was a young teenager, maybe he was struggling with stuff that the other guys had already got victory in. But there was one thing that was a foundation for his entire life, everywhere he went, everything he did, everything he said, I know one thing, that I'm the one that he loves. He you love me unconditionally, so now I love him again, like a river. I'll finish up here. We um, we did a, a TV story a bunch of years ago, uh, with homeless people in Sydney, and I was talking to this guy who was uh, on the streets, and then he got off the streets, and he was a great success story. And I said, "What was your deal?" And he said, "I used to be in foster homes, and I went from foster home to foster home to foster home." And I said, "Why did you go through so many foster homes?" And he said, "I knew how to get kicked out." I didn't want to stay. He said, I knew how to press their buttons and they'd always give you three chances. Third chance, you're out. And I enjoyed it that way. I was like, wow. And then he was staying, I can't remember the name of it. This amazing place in the city where they looked after homeless people. And I said, so what happened? He said, oh, then I came here. (laughs) And I said, and what happened? He said, I tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it three times, nothing. I tried it four times five times, breaking out, stealing drugs, tried everything until I finally realised they give me non-stop chances. So I gave up and my life turned around. Isn't it amazing when you understand you've got non-stop chances? When it's like this love is not gonna stop and some of us feel like people oh no, no, it's not gonna stop. Tip out of your boat, fall in. On the way home, I'm gonna pick up a Jesus loves you sticker much to my son's dismay, and put it on his bedroom door. No, (laughs) for all his mates. Maybe just kitchen window. He can move the pot plant when he wants. Just a reminder that Jesus doesn't love you. Man, he loves you. He loves you.